Welcome to episode 505 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is Friday, November 3rd. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Eno Saris, Jason Collette, here at First Pitch, Arizona. What's going on, everybody? <laughs> Cheers. You should not be surprised that they're both drinking Where's beer. No, I already drank it. Uh. I'm already red-bulled up. <laughs> Number four's down the hatch. We're mm. good to go. Four? Light day, dude. Are you good it's a with light the day. Ulcers, schmolcers. We're good. We're all good. We got tons to talk about. Lots of baseball here. We got a great audience here. Question of the day, though, leading off right away. I love audiences. Of the people who are here, who do you hate the most? Go ahead. Oh, in this room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, Obviously, the answer is me and or Derek Cardi. Uh, But, you know, this always happens when we're here. Right Right out of the gate, we start to see some moves. Some, dra- some signings, maybe some trades, maybe some cuts. We have seen some moves, so we got to jump in on Justin Upton uh, sticking with L.A. but redoing his deal uh, five years for too much money. You were talking with somebody. I don't, don't want to give away the name if we can't do it, uh, that analyzed that deal and said that uh, Justin Upton deal was worth how much money? A lot uh, less than uh, yeah. what he got. Based well, on yeah. what he's doing with his Basically defense. half. So Basically half. Five he years. He got 5105 and that. But see, that's, it's just unreasonable to say something like that in a way because there's no way that Justin Upton is signing for 550. So, like, of course. you can say, you know, don't sign him for 105, but saying that it's worth five for 50 seems um, like you're taking a little bit far in the other direction. I'm really curious on that, too, though. You look in last five seasons, three wins, four wins, four wins, 1.3. That was the, the bad year where he never really got going until the very end. And then a five-win season this year. I understand but, the defense isn't great, but you're talking about a guy who is going into his age 30 season. Why would it be he analyzed did, so poorly? He did mention the defense, and he's got a couple double-digit negative seasons or more than a couple double-digit negative de- uh, defensive run seasons. So that suggests that this guy's on his way out from being a corner outfielder. It's kind of funny, though, because today we were talking about outs above average in the StatCast thing and how Mike Trout is one of the worst center fielders when it comes to out above average. So now you've got one of the worst center fielders above, by outs above average. You've got a pretty bad uh, 30-year-old left fielder that you just signed uh, when it comes to that same metric and others. And, uh, I mean, Calhoun's all right. Calhoun's but, solid. Uh, I don't think he's saving your outfield. So you're going to help that run suppression, the natural run suppression that comes with Anaheim. Uh, is going to help you out a little bit, and uh, otherwise it looks a little bit Bravesian out there. Yikes! And that could go south in a hurry. Uh, you railed on Matt Kemp so many times during. He did a Statcast uh, uh, presentation today, kind of looking at guys whose fantasy values could be boosted or lowered by some of the Statcast metrics that we're seeing. We'll get into that a little bit later. Um, in addition to this, it was mentioned that they're pursuing Mike Moustakis. And by the way, I forgot to mention we're live on Twitch as well. And the, uh, the Twitch chat pointed out that it's really surprising that the Angels might have overspent on somebody. They just don't usually do that. Uh, <laughs> Jason, what do you think about a potential Mike Moustakis deal for L.A.? They should maximize their, their Mike Trout window. So do what they can to, I agree. to bring guys in, whatever you can do to do that. It's just uh, money. Except that's, for way overpay for Justin Upton. With that starting staff, like maybe... Is there money left for a pitcher after that? Well, here's the thing. It's a quantity. It's a quantity chase for them. Yeah, Uh, and they ended up putting together decent pitching this year despite all the injuries. When I looked at their team initially, I thought uh, if their 25 stayed healthy that they took – that they took to L.A., they could maybe make some noise. Well, all these injuries started to happen, and yet they were still pretty decent. So they put a bullpen together on the fly. I think somebody like Garrett Richards, Tyler Skaggs, Andrew Heaney, you need at least one of them. Who are you buying in that bullpen? 
Um, I came up today. Clay Link went, from Rotowire. none of the above. I yeah, guess. I went none of the above. Clay <laughs> Link brought, bought Blake Parker, and Cameron Drosian didn't go in the first 23 rounds. Did not rounds. go. So and I, Houston Street is uh, dead. Yeah, he literally died. Okay. Rest in peace. Right. Um, tough uh, way to without go. Looking, without, looking, <laughs> how, uh, without looking, how many uh, home runs did Mike Moustakis hit last year? 32. 30, yeah, that's what I was going to say. 38. Wow. I mean, he, he rode that juice ball express. I hit nine homers last year, though. So <laughs> yeah, everybody take the nine off. Everybody was hitting. Yeah, nine off. exactly. So however many I hit, you have to but remove it, that. It is the, 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 I, I bought him um, coming off his rookie season or coming off that decent 2012 season in AL Labor, and I will forever not forgive him for that because <laughs> then he went out and hit everything straight up in the sky, had all the pop-ups, 233, no juice ball, 12 home runs. <sighs> And now he actually looks like a great player because he strikes out 16% of the time. That's a great With number. Power. In all fairness, he thought he was drafting runs. Eric Hosmer. <laughs> but the, one of the lessons here, we'll I think, with Moustakas is don't, don't cut a guy off. I mean, the, the guy burnt you before. There's a price for everyone. I, I, I don't generally, get too mad at Mike Moustakas that you don't buy him because, you know, one time he killed you. I generally go the Chris List way. Uh, Chris List from Rotowire, the worst guy they have there. I don't know why he's yeah, still employed. But did come up with randomly came up with a gem, um, you know, doubling down. When a guy burns me, if the skills are still there, I'll 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 buy back. Jarrell Cotton for a dollar, baby. Jarrell Cotton, we're in. <laughs> we're in. Uh, and then in this time next year, we'll be saying stick by Luis Castillo. Yes, you yeah. took him as the twentieth pitcher overall, and he had a four twenty five ERA, but buy him again. By the uh, way, Paul took Luis Castillo as the 20th Luis pitcher Castillo. overall. And I don't think he was the 20th pitcher overall. It was an amazing pick. It's an amazing team. Wait, you we, can go on Twitter and you can look at my team. Uh, I dominated those fools. I don't know how any of those people got in the draft. It was not even difficult to beat them. Some of them are still here. They're embarrassed that they made those terrible picks. Um, and listen, I understand that you've got to fill the draft, but give me a challenge at least. At least Matt Modica was in there. That guy snakes every pick. I'm 15 over here. Oh, I can't. And you'll have to count him up to see uh, where I took him. But in, in, while you're counting that up, we're going to move on to another pitcher. Jason, I want to talk to you about Masahiro Tanaka opted in. For me, this was always going to happen. I know there was some, some debate on it. I never really saw him coming out because I didn't think he was going to get, what is it, 22 mil per year over the next few years. I know that that's a thin pitching market, but the only thing thinner than the market is the – thread that his UCL is hanging on by. So I really thought this was an easy opt-in for Tanaka. What do you, you think with that? Yeah, the same. If you look at it, if you, they think the Yankees are going to be in the postseason, if that's what he wants to do, then stay, stay around. You can't throw away $66 million at the shot of $100 million, and maybe it's not going to be out there. I mean, that elbow, like you said, never was – Never was surgically repaired. It's really tough to commit. The you know the MLB trade rumors was speculating five one hundred to the Phillies. Phillies fans should be happy that's not going to happen. Um, it's, can't it's, throw away that guaranteed money like that. It is funny that uh, he had like he he basically gave up forty million dollars um, by doing this possibly. Mm-hmm. But um, and it's also interesting that he had these bad ERA, but he also by wins above replacement was not that exciting. Uh, 2.7 wins. If you age that over the next couple of years, you'd get like two wins and one win and a half yeah. and a win. It would actually be around 60, 60 million, 66 million. So, um, in some ways, he had the contract in hand that he maybe that he deserved, deserved, I yeah, guess. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think 
he had he had to opt in. I, I just don't think he might have gotten a few more years, maybe a couple extra years of security. But the trade off there, I just don't think it's worth it. Teams so I'm not. Are really and there's good. some teams, teams are good, really good at valuing the pre free agent years. It's the free agent deals that they because you have to pay, pay for, for what it. happened Correct. during those during those They're great really years. good at doing. By the way, Luis Castillo, 28th pitcher, jerk. So not I did not I got a discount. That is a Can sharp I read the discount. quote? Overdraft to Luis Castillo. There's no way that's a discount. I call it a sexy overdraft. That is not a discount. That is pushing his value. No, of course it is. Of course okay. it is. By the way, for those that don't know, I mean this I draft, might agree he might be a top thirty guy, but it's not a discount. No, no. This draft every year is uh, who can overreach the other person? Like, who, who can reach the hardest on somebody? Uh, James Anderson from Rotowire. I don't know why I keep referencing Rotowire, but uh, they, they have a lot of people in that draft. He took, uh, when did he take Acuna? Like ninth overall Second or something? Round? Yeah, I mean, it was super early. It was not obviously not that early. Yeah, it was the like eighth round. He followed him up, I think, with Victor Robles. So um, that's around the time Javier Baez went and... I took Javier Baez uh, in like the eighth round of this draft several years ago. Archie so, Bradley. It, you it, took Archie Bradley in that round. That's the reach round. You had Luis Castillo and Archie Bradley, and then Acuna was right before, so that's the reach round. What's Archie up? Bradley was not a reach. What are you talking about? That was another <laughs> amazing pick. You well, minus, have, minus command, but he doesn't have to deal with... Uh, you have minus, minus for, command. He doesn't have to deal with... Uh, Rodney went. Yeah. Which, I, which surprised me. I was surprised that Rodney got drafted. Well, he's a free agent, though, right? Yeah, but but who the hell is going to sign him to close? Uh, I, I mean, probably somebody. We said the same thing when Arizona. The Marlins. Did. That's true. That's true. The Marlins <laughs> would definitely bring him back. <laughs> you know uh, he's going to do like a 3-8 and like 20 saves. But you know there's going to be, gonna be a, something. a three-month period where he doesn't allow a single run and has 18 saves. Have fun with that ticking time bomb, Fernando Rodney. He'll be yeah. 41 next year. The arrows in the quiver are running out. Let's talk about Miguel Sano, leg surgery. Um, it seemed to be suggested that maybe coming back kind of exacerbated things, but all indications suggest that he'll be ready for. Uh, it's not every day that a really crappy team makes the postseason, though. So you got to. No, absolutely. Gotta, I, I don't really blame them. I mean, obviously, you got to kind of weigh yeah. the risk there, but uh, he's going to have to get surgery. But it is weird. Now we've had three full seasons and he hasn't cracked 500 plate appearances. And that's not the one. That's not the thing I thought was going to be the issue with Miguel Sano. I didn't think it was necessarily going to be a, a health situation. I always thought that he was going to be hitting, you know, not even his weight, which for him, hitting his weight would actually be pretty good because he weighs 260. But um, you know, he hit 264 this year. 254 career batting. average. 254 career batting average. But like you say, 36 percent K rate. Do you do you guys remember when other baseball used to be bad? Do you remember? You, you <laughs> could, remember baseball you like five baseball. years ago? <laughs> you would not be in baseball with a 36 percent strikeout rate. 36 percent strikeout. It's a different rate. game. Russell Brandon was ahead of his time. That's all so, I'm saying. So he hasn't hit 30 yet. Uh, Sano hasn't. Where are you drafting him next year? You know. I'll, by the way, while you're doing that, I'll, I'll look up where he went in this draft. He was a bit of a cornerstone for my labor uh, team this year. I, I don't Fifth regret it, actually. Oh, no I spent uh, like 18 bucks on him, 20 bucks. I don't regret it at all. I still got 28 homers, 264 average, 75 you know, runs, 77 RBI. I mean, it's, it's not you take a him as a fifth season, rounder? But, um, Just 15-team mixed league, yeah. standard 5 by 5 categories. Fifth round for Miguel Sano. Let, let, let me play some Would You Rather. He went 19 in Tout Wars this year. Where is he? From? He went $19? 19. What about Jake okay. Lamb right by him? Jake Lamb in two rounds. Jake Lamb in two rounds. Yeah. Or go in a different direction and take Christian Yelich. I would take... 
honestly, that's a team construction situation at that point because if I've got my power locked up, I'll take Yelich because finding uh, batting average, as I found in this draft, is difficult if you don't take it early. And I didn't. I took idiots like Billy Hamilton and uh, Karis Davis. I think I'd take the two rounds in Lamb. I think I would, too. What about Joey Gallo I took in the sixth round? I mean, round? They, they're about the same in terms – like, you're still going to get power and a bad batting average, and Lamb's the one who's going to stay on the field. He does – he sucked for two post uh, – so, sucked for two second halves. Two second halves. No, no injury to blame this time. Yes, right? but the, uh, if you have a guy who's had a lot of injuries, injuries are stickier, I think, than second-half splits. Absolutely. Like yes. You're not going to – I'm not going to not draft a guy because of two second-half splits. However, with injury, it's a little bit more complicated. I might not draft a guy if I really thought he was injury prone. And we, I'm not we, sure we, we want to put that name on Sano. But. Well, and with Lamb, we know he's bad against lefties, but he was the absolute worst against lefties. Couldn't be year. worse. Could mm-hmm. not Even possibly worse. Than worse. Odor. And still he got to play. Bad. But they still put him out there. They still put him out Defense. there. Defense. Pardon me? Uh, the shin's injury. I mean, you can't really say that, you know, anyone's going to have a shin injury. Yeah. I mean, you can't yeah. really, you know. What, what about what about Gallo? I didn't take him quite uh, a round later. He was the first pick of the sixth eligible? round, and yeah, I put him at first because yeah. I already had um, Bregman. Yeah, well, actually, so you I have a Bregman shortstop, short. a third, and a first baseman. No, I have a third th- baseman at first. Yeah, I have two third basemen, and neither of them are playing third for me. Nice. One, one's at short, one's at <laughs> one's at yeah. first. Would you take Gallo or Sano? E- e- pretty much even cost. I'm taking Sano, man. Why? I just. Yeah, I think he's like. Doesn't Gallo strike out more? That's he's funny when a... the batting average is the is the edge. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. I mean, Gallo hit two oh nine this year, but he hit forty one homers. What's his strikeout rate? He it's thirty seven percent. It's very similar. So, so no, did win. Yeah, yeah. but it's thirty nine percent career. Like I just think he's riskier. Like he was he was not playable for the Rangers. The fifty five points in batting average is a huge, huge, yeah. huge difference. But what you what look at the, the Babbitt for Gallo. Gallo had a two fifty Babbitt. What do you give him a normal Babbitt? And that's and a, I don't think you can. I mean, give, I, I'm surprised. Wait, 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 wait. I don't think you can. Hang on. I don't think you, since Babbitt doesn't count homers, it, it, so it's kind of a it's right. weird. Like I don't think you can give like guys like this a normal Babbitt because this is their normal Babbitt because so many of their hits are going to be home yeah, runs. I don't think you can. Something here into a shift. Yeah, I don't yeah. think you can re- regress them up to like 280 even. I think you've got to be at a max of 265. What the hell kind of player is this? 209 batting average, 41 homers, 7 stolen bases. 80, 85 runs, 80 Playing first ribbies. base? It's Russell Brannion. What kind of world are we in? It's Russell Brannion <laughs> who got to play and steal 7 bases. Don't sleep on those 7 steals. That's going to win the league for me. So keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. All right, another injury. This one a lot more severe. Dustin Pedroia knee surgery down seven months from mm. a couple weeks ago. Obviously, it's going to creep into his season. He's really on the tail end here. I'm, I think he did go in the draft tonight, but it certainly wasn't a pick of note. Coming I off think- a seven-homer season, he still hit 293 in 105 games. But is Dustin Pedroia uh, you know, somebody that you're even looking at at this point? I don't know. The, the thing that's interesting to me is that he's, I think he's played through a lot of injury. I agree. And so yeah. a lot of these years that we have the down power years, I think those were years where he had a thumb Thumb thing, injuries, yep. A wrist thing and now, and now a knee thing. Um, playing through injury is actually a very interesting thing in fantasy because it, 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 uh, the projection systems can't see that you played through injury. So they just mm-hmm. think your skills are good. So they think, they think you're older and badder. And, and so they, they, badder, they, yes. Yeah, they definitely think you're badder. It's a word. Yep. Uh, and so, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's all the when the projections leap back up on Fangraphs tomorrow, he's going to have a pretty bad projection. It's going to be 
280 with no power, you know, four home runs and two stolen bases in like 400 plate appearances next year. I just think, so he's not well, a projections he play. He didn't go, by the way. He, he didn't did go in the go top 23 all. rounds. Well, they're uh, not even talking about him coming back until June. Yeah. I mean, he's had a thing now three of the past four seasons. Yeah, but this is a kind of thing where you guys don't even have free agency. Right? No, this is draft and hold. This is 50-round draft I'm and like, hold. I mean, in this sort of situation, MI is bad. I, if, I'm, if I'm looking at a final round pick, let me, get, let me look at a final round pick that I would take Pedroia over. Uh, let's see here. If you say my pick, I'll shank Mikey you. Mikey Matuk. Mikey Matuk or Dustin Pedroia? Matuk. Yeah? He's going to play. Yeah. He's got a job. Yeah. Okay, middle infielder. All right. I'll take him right. in the 24th round. Colton Wong Remember, still, 50. Colton Wong still hasn't gone. Justin Wilson went. I, yeah, people were speculating on closers, I guess. I guess you got it. Colton Wong hadn't gone. Uh, Brad Miller, Neil Walker, oh, Ben See, Zobrist. I would take Brad, Brad Miller over uh, Dustin Pedro. Corey Spangenberg. I he took just had Franklin that core Barreto. surgery we were talking about. He hit the ball hard. He showed up in my Justin Turner search as a guy who hits the ball hard but was on the ground too often. We now have a reason for why he hit the ball on the ground too often. I can't believe Brad Miller did not go in your draft. Well, I, so I strategically take the 15th pick every year because I have the first pick in January when we start, and a whole bunch of the dust has settled, and then ends up being a dope pick. So uh, could end up being Brad Miller. Who was that Miller. dope pick last year? I honestly don't know. I don't remember, to be honest. It was somebody, somebody great. But when, it's, when you have so much greatness when you're drafting, you can't always remember the details. I think he's BSing. You know? I'm definitely not BSing. <laughs> All right, so that's it for the transactions right now. Let's talk some playoff stock watch. Obviously, we just got done watching an amazing playoff and World Series, and it is small samples galore. But uh, I think some guys kind of do move up and down, at least in perception. I think we certainly saw it at the draft table tonight. But once you get through the winter, maybe it won't be there. But let's talk about uh, a guy on the down end first, Cody Bellinger. My God, swing at another inside breaking ball, dude. Maybe you'll hit this one. Probably not. He struck out so often. We know the strikeouts are a part of his game, but there were times that he just looked absolutely lost at the dish. Does a playoff like this change your outlook on Cody Bellinger next year? You know, I mean, I don't, I don't think so. I think he got exposed, and there's a bit of a hole there. But uh, you know, people were criticizing his attempts to go the other way and 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 tweak his his swing. But that's exactly what's going to take him out of this. So I I think this was we just saw an adjustment period. Judge had the same adjustment period. The two of them both struck out nearly 50% of the time. Are you out on judge because of that? I don't, I'm not. Um, you know, these guys are guys that strike out, but Cody Bellinger struck out 27% of the time. We were just talking about Miguel Sano. We love him 37% of the time, okay? So I don't think that uh, he's going to turn into Sano. I think he's going to have a better batting average. He's more athletic. He's going to steal bases. He's going to play the outfield for you. He's going to have a multi-eligibility and in the minor leagues, there were times when he struck out 20% of the time, 16% of the time. There are times where that show us also uh, strikeout rate improves until, by aging curves, strikeout rate improves until you're 25, 26. So it's not necessarily linear, and not everybody on that part of the aging curve ages the same way. But, you know, remember Giancarlo Stanton came in, and he had a bad strikeout rate, and he had three years of improvement. You know, and uh, uh, I see the same thing for, for Bellinger. I see small incremental improvements for a few years in strikeout rate. He'll have a peak year where he hits 300 with 45 homers and five stolen bases. And he might have a down year where he's still working on this hole. But these adjustments happen. Jason, Bellinger or Jose Abreu? 
They both went in the third round about five picks apart. I have a go Bellinger. I mean, he, yeah, he struck out 43% of the time in the postseason, and those at-bats looked like Groundhog Day. Every single one was the exact same thing. Throw Reese Hoskins in that mix, who went about another five picks later. Rank those three. I would still take Bellinger. So you go Bellinger, Abreu, Hoskins? Yes. Okay. You know? Um... That's the order they went, by the way. Bellinger, Bray's got a, probably a higher floor. Bellinger's got the higher ceiling. Can't be that. The floor can't be that much further. Yeah, I'll take them in that order. I, I like them all, though. They all. Uh, well, Bray's a little bit older. He's, his aging is not going to help. 28, him. 29, right? Or maybe he's, I think he's 30. over 30. Okay. He's go, yeah. going into his age 30 season? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously Bellinger and Hoskins. I mean, I'd rather much have younger. a 22, 23. Bellinger's so young. Like, that, that, that's the crazy wait, wait, part. Wait, wait, Don't tell my wife I said that. <laughs> Here's the thing, too. He has this. He has this postseason, and he still goes in the third round. So obviously, the market isn't too uh, concerned with what we saw out of uh, Cody Bellinger. Let's talk about teammate Chris Taylor, who took some of the best at bats in the postseason. I think even when he was making outs, he was running up eight, Staying nine, long. ten pitch pitch counts. Uh, if you remember his season, it's kind of interesting. When it first started, he had like a fifteen percent walk rate through the first couple months. That started to balance out. He got a little bit more aggressive, but then we saw it again here in the playoffs. Jason, what is what is your outlook on on Chris Taylor next year? Because I'm kind of eager to see how he goes at the draft table in March. I think I told you this. I picked him up as a free agent in the end of April in my 12-team home NL league. That's how freely available he was um, because you know Jerry Depoto gave him away uh, along no, those got lines. Zach Lee. What do you mean gave him away? <laughs> you got star Zach Lee. No, I mean, it, yeah, like you said, the, the quality of bats in the postseason were were fantastic. You can hit him at the top of the lineup. You know, he's earned. He started the season. Maybe all those walks were because he started the season hitting eighth, uh, and now he's up in the lineup, getting on base thirty five percent of the time. Big fan. You know, Chris Taylor. Uh, Chris he, by the way, Taylor. hang on, sixth round. He went uh, toward the end of the sixth round here. Not that big of a fan. What do you think? Where, where did Marwin Gonzalez go? Marwin Gonzalez went to the same team. Two rounds later in round eight. Well, you might as well double up on that risk. Um, I, 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 I like both those guys. The, the, the story is compelling because he worked with Craig Wallenbrock, who worked with J.D. Martinez and a couple other hitters. Um, you know, it's about uh, seeing your pitch as much as it is about mechanical stuff. It's about getting the right pitch to elevate, uh, being more aggressive, getting the ball out front. Uh, home runs uh, exist nine inches out in front of home plate is something that has been shown um, and this is a thing that Turner is big on, and I think Wallenbrock is big on it too. So, um, I mean, I think in some ways, I hate to be on both sides of the coin, be like, Ballinger's postseason doesn't work, matter, and Chris Taylor's does. But what I like about seeing Chris Taylor's postseason is that he did it against the best pitching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can't just say, oh, he was a guy that they put in in platoon situations right. and against bad pitchers and just feasted. Eight walks even against as outs- eight strikeouts in the outs- World Series. Yeah, I mean, he was... I mean, yeah. A lot of the atom balls, but oh, even wait. his outs were very quality contact. Run, Maybe the run, stolen bases yeah. take a step back. He's uh, 27. See now that I'd, I, I, I'd still give him at least sort of 2015 type talent. Next okay, year. that 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 would work because he he only had 17, but he was 17 for 21. Chris Taylor was so you're kind of banking on that double digit stolen bases. Uh, to really deliver value, you need the batting average of stolen bases. The power, I think, is going to be kind of in the. I don't know, 15 to 20 homer sort of deal. So if he can steal double digits again, I think that's going to be key to his success. Yeah, he had four for five, uh, four walks against five strikeouts in the World Series, 11 walks against 10 strikeouts in the playoffs at large. I mean, so that's beautiful. He was taking brilliant at-bats. That's the kind of stuff I used was. to fall in love with. David Wright, you know, the, the 
the, the walk rate's jinx. the same as the strikeout rate. That's yeah. a sweet jinx. No. Well, let's talk about I mean, Greg Bird. I wouldn't Bird. have my health. <laughs> strikeout and walk rates. Let's talk Greg Bird. <laughs> Obviously, he wasn't in the playoffs as long, uh, but he did well. Uh, again, uh, uh, strong plate appearances, too. He was the one who went eight, eight, eight and eight. Eight walks, eight strikeouts in the LCS against Houston. Remember, he had a ton of buzz coming off of that big spring training, then got hurt. I mean, he was going in the top 100, which was bananas. But now I think the buzz is starting to build back up again. A decent finish to the end of the season. Do you not follow me on Twitter? No, uh, is this, this is from my secret account. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, so, Jason. <laughs> it's super secret DIA now. <laughs> Jason, are you diving back in on, on Greg Bird at age 25 next year? Uh, yeah, I'm going to dive back in. I wasn't... Uh, huge on him earlier I, I remember talking about him saying he was just feasting on September pitching it looked like that again uh this September but then the October at bats were just as good and that was better pitching he went um, round eight that. how do you feel about that I think that was later than he went last year I think he was I'm telling was aggressive you, last year he was in the top 100 by the end of of draft season right. which was which so was kind I, of an I guess the would you rather in this situation looks like um right next uh, to him. corner infielders I don't see it. Eduardo Nunez. Go to, go to the other one. Rafael Devers. I'm not supposed to say that name. Greg Bird. Matt Olson. Travis Shaw. I would. Kyle Matt Olson's Olson. interesting because Matt Olson hits the snot out of the ball and hits it uh, in the air. Uh, but that's that's the skill set that Greg Bird has. Yep. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'd like that Matt Olson's been healthier than Greg Bird uh, so far. Matt but Olson, I also like way, that Greg Bird hits in a nicer park. Matt Olson was like Reese Hoskins in Oakland. It, it kind of yeah. went under the radar, but he hit 24 homers and 216 plate appearances. There's a lot of East Coast bias going on there. Can't, <laughs> so, so bad. But uh, they went right next to each other, Bird and Olson did. And then, in fact, in a row, it was Travis Shaw, Kyle Seeger. Uh, excuse me, going the other way. It was Bird, Olsen, Kyle Seeger, Travis Shaw. How would you rank those four, Eno? Uh, I'm going to take Olsen. I, I'm not that worried about the injuries. However, he really did a poor job of coming You're back take Bird from that. Or Olsen? I'm taking Olsen over Bird. Okay. Uh, because even if you don't think that he's injury prone, like he did, a, like it took him a long ass time to come back from that ankle injury. And it, it, it was weird. It looked like Teixeira, except Teixeira was like 38 when it happened to him. <laughs> yeah, so, Bird, Bird was 24 last year. Yeah, so that's year. a little weird. Like, and then what, on top of that, he has like old man skills, walks, strikeouts, home runs. He's like a through-true outcome guy. That's all anybody So has maybe he's just days. like prematurely old. I mean, it, we, we can all feel that. But uh, that doesn't mean we have to buy that. So Do you like Seager I, or I, Shaw I think, better uh, at all? No. Actually, I think Seager and Shaw have, are pretty boring. So of that group, I would rather have Olsen, I think. Jason? In a between complete the, agreement. Between, uh, same thing? Honestly, yes. I mean, Kyle Seeger at least plays third, but he's very boring, boring. at this point. You guys are boring. Jeez. Well, I mean, leave, that's a given. Leave Corey's brother out of this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, like, I still like Travis Shaw, too. That, that's, a, that's a good quartet right there. I, I would walk away from the draft happy with any of those four. I think I'd I'd I rather might... wait longer for Bird. Honestly, I want Bird, but in the eighth round, there's all these there's like proven, proven commodities. Even if Manny Margot doesn't have homers, he has steals. Well, wait. You know, Matt Olson. You, you say, you say there's proven commodities, but they're boring. Well, so Kyle Seager is super boring, yeah. But he's proven. So who are, who's proven that's not boring going in that same area? Um, Do you consider Marwin proven now? after? No, I mean, the Conforto pick in that same round is very interesting. I mean, we're waiting. So we, we can we get some find Blue Jays hate, that the Justin Schultz in there. I know uh, <laughs> Eno's not a fan of Justin Smoke repeating at all. Am I? Right? You're not, you don't think smoke can repeat. You've uh, said it. 
Am I, I making something up? No, it's just that it all came from uh, a, a plate tightening, which I guess that's great, except why didn't you do that earlier in your career? If only it was that easy, right? Right. So uh, I, I would actually rather uh, like a mechanical change, I think. Like the Yonder Alonso situation was he always had really? good plate discipline, but he changed his mechanics and hit more for more power. You prefer mechanics so, so hit the yeah. same way he always hit, and then, you know, was like he swung at better stuff. I feel like he could regress super easily and just swing at all that shit again. Well, Alondo, Alonso regressed in season. Yeah, that's true. So that's true. I, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Smoke a little love. It is his age 30 season, so he is a little bit older, but he cut his strikeout rate from 33% to 20%. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty sharp difference there. I know you're talking that there wasn't a mechanical change with it, but there was a lot of good. No, I'd take Smoke over Bird, personally. I, I think... I think I would thing, too. But no, I'd, I'd like the like, changes he made last year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, th- I think I would too. Um, you know, so you're you're out on your own on that one. That's right. And you did say you hate anyone that that plays on a Canadian team because you hate Canadians. I hate Canadians. You had you had told me no, that. So that's interesting. I, you know, what's interesting to me is that uh, Smoke, Alonzo, and Bird, I think, uh, create a situation where I don't need to spend on any of them. That's fair. So they're all, uh, you know, AL. Uh, first base bats. Well, Bird's going to be the expensive kind of one. Like to be in that 250, 25. Maybe one guy has a little bit better batting average. Maybe one guy has a little bit more power. But if you describe them generally as 250, 25, you know, first baseman in the AL, I don't, I don't think I can argue that any of the three won't necessarily do that. And uh, so I'll just, so just wait till Alonzo. one falls in my lap. Alonzo would be we the had, one. We had, we had Smoke, we had Alonzo, and we had Morrison. All yeah. did the same thing, and they were all like a dollar first baseman. Yeah, I bought smoke for a dollar last year. Like I had some belief in him. I'm not saying he's terrible. Well, the market I'm just here. Saying I'd rather pay the dollar for the next. You know, I'd rather. And if Alonzo's going to fall, we don't know where he's going to sign. If he signs somewhere that's a hitter's park, he's never played in the hitter's park. So. Well, look at where these two went. I mean, you got smoke going in the seventh yonder round, Alonzo bird in the eighth, and like 25 rounds. 20, just as 20 smoke. I'm sorry, I'm taking yonder Alonzo in the 25 rounds. What about Lomo in the 21st? Do you do you prefer him over somebody like well, Smoke? Well, then you're throwing in injury. It's like Greg Bird. It's like a Yonder Alonso plus Greg Bird situation where you get the injuries of Greg Bird. And he's a giant douchebag. You have to factor and, that in. Well, yeah, he's improved. Improved his douchebag. <laughs> douchebag. He's made mechanical douchebag improvements. All right, hey, if we're he's been at, working on his douchebag all offseason. If we're looking at this year's version of that guy, what about Josh Bell? Who came in really good towards the and second where did half he go? of the season? Where did he Josh, Josh Bell, Bell even go? He went. Yeah, he no, went, he went for sure. Well, I'm just trying to see where I didn't look at the board, but I mean, if you're looking at the 2018 yeah, you, version of this, so so there again, Bird and Olsen or Bell in four rounds. Bell went in the twelfth. So I mean, and, I, and Bohr went right after him. I think Justin I'm just piecing Bohr. out on corner infielders and that. I don't need Acuna, but I don't also need Bird and his injury risk. So I'd probably. I mean, I don't know about Luis Castillo, but I'd probably do you know something different in that round. I mean, you don't you know? know about him. He was I mean, fantastic. no, I, I like him, but maybe I would go Luis Castillo because, or maybe yeah, Trevor ha- Story because he's a he's a middle infielder. I know? had my choice at all the all, pretty much all these guys that we're talking about the Bertels and yeah, Singer, all yeah. that, and I and I went with uh, Luis Castillo. All right, let's move on. Let's talk Javier Baez. Um, you know. At any given moment, if you're going to watch like a 10-game span of him, there's a decent him. chance that you're going to see the, the shitty version, which we saw in the playoffs, <laughs> uh, flailing at everything and, and, and just all together not really hitting. He had two total hits in 28 plate appearances this postseason. Ooh, that's a 451 OPS. 
awesome. I can do math. Very well done. Um, he did hit 23 homers this year, 10 stolen bases, 10 for 10 for 13. He's 28 for 37 in his career on the bases. Javier Baez is. He is hitting 273 each of the last two years. Is there an impending breakout, Jason, at age 25 for Javier Baez? Yeah, I mean, if you go by the, if he's got about 1,250 plate appearances, you see a lot of guys break out in that third full season in the major leagues. Uh, he's still young enough to do it. The skills, I mean, he's a little more selective at the plate. Like you said, he's got his time where he's swinging at everything, but there's too much athleticism to say what you know, the 2310 he put up this year is who he is. There's another level here. Oh, good God, dude. 56% swing, uh, swing percentage. 45% reach percentage. This is like a Pablo Sandoval who can play the middle infield. What do you think of Baez, you know? A Pablo Sandoval who can play the middle infield. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and isn't fat. Um, it isn't fat. Yeah, no, that is important. Is there more than 2310? He'll, he'll age a little better. That is important that he's lithe and, and young and he's exciting. I, you know, I've heard people say that this guy could be one of the best hitters in the league. I'm just not seeing that. I don't see that. I do, I do see more, but ninth round, you're, you're paying. Like there, there's, no, there's no real discount for a breakout. Obviously, if you, But he, there, is a, there is a would you rather that actually makes this interesting because okay. uh, the, the middle infielders around him, Odor, uh, Baez, uh, Jose Peraza, Ian Kinsler, that sort of starts to make sense why Baez rose above those other Certainly. ones. Because um, Ian Kinsler is as old as dirt and also an asshole. Dirt's offended. Um, and uh, Rougenet Odor, I, he seems nice, except he punched a guy in the face. Uh, also, hey, Jose uh, used to talk bad about Whataburger. I have no whoa, about that. just whoa. punch him in the face. Then, exactly. Uh, but Odor is also interesting because this guy hit 30 home runs and was a below-average bat. Yeah, that's all he did. He just went <laughs> I mean, for home runs. This is the new reality. It doesn't even if you hit 30 home runs doesn't mean you're actually worthwhile. You know. Uh, so some guys got to, to to watch out for so that. I like Brian those two Healy's a lot. He's got to be on notice. I mean, Odor Baez, Paul DeYoung. If he can't play good defense, he's going to be on notice. There's guys that you're like, oh, if he hits 30 home runs, he's going to get playing time next year. Eh, maybe, no, and that's what guarantees not. Baez his playing time. Though he plays tremendous defense. But yeah. do you take Baez or Odor? I mean, I'd rather there was more space. That's not how it works, though. I know. Sorry, I think, they got picked actually, near each other. I'd, I'd rather have Baez than round 24, possibly. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's what I take. No, but also, uh, what's interesting is I don't love the player, and I think I see a lot of flaws when I see Baez, but in this context, I don't hate it. I'd rather have him than Jose Peraza. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather, and then the ones guys down that, Scooter Jeanette, like, no. I'd rather, I think no. I'd rather have him than Ian Kinsler because I see more age-related decline with Ian Kinsler. Kinsler looks going to be a much worse team, too. Detroit's not yeah, going to get the runs in RBI. Year. He's going to take weeks off. He's just going to be like, I'm hurt. Exactly. Sorry. Baez or Odor? I, I want to go Odor in the last year's garbage theory because he was historically awful against But lefties. he had a pop-up problem in the minors. He had a pop-up problem before that. Sure. He had one good year where he didn't have a pop-up problem and then last year the pop-up. still stole back. 15 bases, though. I know. But he had a pop-up so problem volume. the previous year and he was hitting for power. He was just historically horrendous against lefties last year and he hadn't shown that yet he, so he, you figure he's got to come back Odor needs bit. to evolve his game a little bit though it's like we get it you're trying to hit homers but you really can't hit a homer every single time that you bat and hitting 204 I agree though it has to bounce back to something even if it goes to his career 247 average for Odor I mean, he still stole 15 bases last year and he was only on base 25% of the time yeah that's F dedication 15 out of, out of 21 and attempts even guys that I like where I'm like oh you know Addison Russell in three rounds that's fun 
except or four rounds. But you don't get except that speed. Adam Russell's not going to steal any bases. No. Oh, Tim Anderson in three rounds. You know, Tim Anderson he can't steal first. Is is borderline, dude. That guy, he has a year or two to be better, mm-hmm. or he's out. Because they're going to just keep churning out prospects yeah. that will take Tim Anderson's place. I and totally I agree I with like that. I like some of his athleticism, and I think he's a very good defender, but the bat was bad. The it bat really was. was. I even bought him last year in AL Labor because I was like, he's going to play all year, so I'll just buy him for... for yeah, but th- that doesn't work like in year three, right? Yeah. Year one, <laughs> you got a job. Year two, we're watching you. Year three, ah, it's, it's on, it's I'm on not going to comment on Tim Anderson's playing time this year. You know? <laughs> All right, let's talk some pitchers from the playoffs that, that stood out. Probably nobody stood out more, at least um, toward the end there, than Charlie Morton, uh, who a lot of people obviously didn't pay attention to Charlie Morton because I can't tell you how many tweets I saw generally <laughs> and were at me that said, Charlie Morton throws 96? <laughs> yeah, where the hell you been? He actually threw that fast last year too. Uh, he, he basically said, I just went out there and threw as hard as I could and, and let it do what it does. And he doesn't really lose movement on it, which makes him so nasty. Obviously, injuries have always been a problem, but not always arm injuries. He ripped his groin because the NL still stupidly lets pitchers bat. You're dumb if you think it, that they should do that. The, the DH for all. There's no reason pitchers should bat. No. Wait a second. No. Oh, oh, there's three, there's three pitcher homers a year, and it's so fun. Who cares? Oh, there's more strategy in the National League. No, 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 no. it's funny to watch them swing. Okay, that, that, that hey, we should pull a double Rich Hill, switch right here. Rich Hill is like straight DNL. comedy action. Does not, do you really want to not watch Rich Hill run again? I that loved, I loved, I loved Charlie Morton's intentional strikeout in the ninth inning, where he just stood there and was like, he didn't, yeah. he just did not care. But Morton looked great. Um, All right, here's, so here's the thing I don't like to talk about because we don't know it well, but I, I think i got to bring it up. Um, so uh, injury and pitchers, we, we, we're not very good at it. However, um, uh, Glenn Fleisick at ASMI did a study, and he found that the closer you pitch to your max, the more stress you have. So it's within pitcher. It's not that Thor throwing 94 matters. It's throw, throw, Thor throwing closer to his max that matters. Uh, Chris Sale is very good at this, actually. He pitches far away from his max, and that's healthy. So what we're finding is that pitchers in the postseason are pitching closer to their max. And we, know, we also know that they're pitching on less rest, and they're pitching uh, stressful innings. John Smoltz came on this very podcast and said postseason pitchers are the most stressful thing. Yep. That's what and, led to all his injuries. And then Verlander said that they're about one point five, well, like an inning and a half to two innings of effort. Yeah. To throw every postseason. He, yeah, he said that, and he was throwing 96. That, that was, like, right up on his max. His max is, like, 97. So he was, like, right at his max. So I'm fading a lot of these guys. Are you fading Justin Morton? Justin Berlander, uh, Morton, you know, I'm, I'm fading uh, Wade Davis. Uh, I'm fading I'm, Wade Davis in general, though. Yeah, I'm fading uh, uh, Kenley Jansen just a little bit. I mean, I'm not, he's pretty good, but... And Brandon Morrow, if he signs, if Brandon Morrow signs into a, a closer deal, Brandon Morrow has a history of injuries and just had the biggest workload ever right. for and, a reliever yeah. in a postseason. And we saw what happened just on that three days in a row in the playoffs. He he clearly didn't already have lost a tick, one. lost some spin. So he looked great. He looked great in Game Six after the day's rest. And it, I mean, back yeah, three, four, seven. five. He looked like his arms just dragging him from the bullpen. Yeah. Twenty. And the day off Game Six, he looked like he had had a whole week off. Huh? Why are you fading on Verlander? Because he, he threw closest to his max. I think he's going to have an injury next year. So, 
for Morton though, 23 and a third extra postseason innings. We'll I mean, I like the, the the skill changes. I mean, he definitely was a better pitcher in the second half. He was a different pitcher. There's he's a good pitcher. I love through 36 I love watching and two him, thirds in the postseason. Am I going to pay him as an ace? I mean, people, are, where do you go? He, so that's that's he the went thing with Verlander. He's so expensive right now because the top of he, top of the heap with starting pitchers is so thin, and people are being so aggressive that Justin Verlander went in the third round. I heard somebody was doing a draft in October where he went in the first round, and wow. I wasn't in that draft. That actually wasn't me, <laughs> if you can believe that. So as much as I love. Verlander, I mean, the, the price is going to be sky high. He went ahead of Robbie Ray. He went to the same team as Kershaw in round one. Yeah. Uh, so that team has Kershaw, D. Gordon, and Verlander. So if I paid him like four, three or four spots, it's not a lot, but it also means I don't own him. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I fade him. I'm not saying I, like, I'd never own him, but if I take a break off him and, and rank him 15th instead of 10th, I'm not going to own him. So, so he threw Verlander through 206 innings in the regular season. You said 36, 36 in the playoffs. 36.2. We haven't actually been made able to make a link between workload. Like Bumgarner, like Zimmerman did it. Yeah, great Zimmerman thing. did it, but then it was case by case. Some guys yeah. had it. And issues. I think that's where the fly stick stuff comes in. If you're throwing closer to your max, those postseason innings are a bigger deal. Bumgarner just, you know, he throws just goes 91. out there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but just don't get him on a dirt bike. So, <laughs> Charlie Morton, here's the thing, though. I don't know that you have to fade him because I don't think the market's going to go crazy. I mean, yeah, what, I, am I, I going to fade him past the 14th round? Exactly. No, I'd still buy him at that So point. would you take – You might just get 100 innings. And you'll probably get 100 innings of like a 3-3 ERA and occasional blow-ups against lefties because he doesn't always trust the splitter. And Morton, Eduardo Rodriguez, Urban Santana, and Aaron Sanchez. Rank those four. Or who do you like most? I might take Ed first, but uh, I'm definitely taking Morton second. Those, that's uh, the order they went. Sanchez third. And then who else did I say? Oh, Urban you Santana. Santana, I'm last on. How dare you? I know. Same order. Big Urban. Okay. That's I mean, the order he's they licking went. baseballs. What's wrong with that? Puig licks his bat. It, it, Smelling I mean, them. It is a little, it's a little something know. else. Well, Verlander was the next guy we we're going to talk about, so we kind of covered that. Let's talk oh. about a guy. Let's talk about a guy. That's fine. Let's talk about a guy who <laughs> might have his stock hit a little bit. We also don't know where he's going to go. You, Darvish was on track to improve his stock. He was actually having a brilliant playoff. So if you weren't paying close attention to it leading up to the World Series, uh, all you saw was the, was the terrible end, and he was just wow. devastated. Now, of course, there was all the talk of uh, the baseballs being much slicker yeah. and you couldn't get sliders. And obviously for somebody He's like Sarvich, you can't get yeah. the slider going. Even Verlander had to go to like uh, kind of like a cutter, uh, cutter hybrid sort of yeah. deal. So you Darvish next year, Eno. Let's, uh, I don't know where he's going to go. I think where he's, did he go? He hasn't gone in. No, no, I meant I'm, I don't know where he's going to sign. He was so sign. bad he wasn't uh, drafted. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I don't That'd know where he's going to sign. That would be an overreaction right there. <laughs> let's, let's keep him on the Dodgers because yeah, I actually think that that's, that's a strong possibility. Uh, are you going to be drafting him I mean, in the first three rounds? they said they were back rounds? in, and he said he, well, he wants to come back. Uh, the pro, so one, two, three, he four. He went fourth going that so way. So he went ahead of Carlos Martinez. And Keiko. Um I would definitely take him ahead of Keiko. Keiko to me uh, – like, I like command plus stuff. I mean, I guess neither of them. Like, Keiko's a little bit more stuff forward. Darvish is a little bit more. I mean, Keiko's a more command forward. Dar- uh, Darvish is a little bit more stuff forward. Mm-hmm. Carlos Martinez is, uh, like, raging stuff. Yes. Uh, I, what do you think of his command? It's, it, it's in and out. Yeah. It could be in and out better to batter, let alone game to game. But then he's got inning. maybe more of But actually, I, I still think there's higher upside for Martinez. I, I think I, th- I would personally rank them Carlos Martinez, you, Keiko. The, the thing that worries me about you is also a thing I don't like to talk about, but he, th- he showed minus-minus makeup. And I don't mean this um, 
in that like he should have competed or he should have pitched better. That's not what I mean. He just was not aggressive. Uh, his body language was terrible. Uh, and this is something that has happened for you, Darvish, in the past. Uh, so that it's just it, – it, it keeps happening to the point where I'm like, this is weird because Here's if thing, I had I want to push back like on that, that, though. I feel like you – what about the first two starts of the playoffs? He was brilliant. He had 14 strikeouts in 11 and a third innings. I mean, I guess it sucks to be one bad walk. in the World Series. I yeah. guess I, I might show it, too. I understand that it was on the biggest stage. He threw an inning and two-thirds twice. in both, huh? and it was terrible. Bad twice in the series. Yeah. And he took, he took yeah. a walk, though. What about that walk? That's got to raise his fantasy value. <laughs> no? I guess I'm not. I'm saying I'm not going to fade him much. I'm going to fade him past Carlos Martinez. I'd rather okay. have But that's Martinez. really about it. If but you, you can definitely get him here. I mean, Carlos Martinez was the only pitcher after him. I was and I'm not pushing him past Keiko. I'm taking him. I'm not then you can definitely get him because I, I don't necessarily think that he's going to go ahead, that Darvish is going to go ahead of Martinez in every draft. I think right. there'll be plenty of drafts where you can get him. So it looks like you guys are still in on him. Uh, all right, so that's it that, for the playoffs. Let's talk some AFL, which is what we're here for, the Arizona Fall League, uh, Baseball HQ First Pitch Forums. If you guys haven't made it, I know we talk about it all the time. You need to sign up for next year now. I'll get Brent to open up the, uh, the registration. Give you a $1 discount. Yeah. Sign, up right now. sign up right Me personally. Now. Eno did a presentation this morning on uh, using StatCast to identify players on the positive, negative end, defense, the exit velo, the launch angle, all that sort of stuff. So we had some players we wanted to talk about coming out of that presentation. Jason, uh, Matt Carpenter really jumped out to you because you guys kind of have some things in common with regards to a, a, a bum shoulder. Yeah, we're brothers. Uh, Matt Carpenter talked about at the end of the season that his swing hurt him just about every time and every single throw hurt his, hurt his shoulder. Um, as somebody who is now 18 weeks out of uh, recovering from labrum and rotator cuff surgery on his non-throwing shoulder, uh, I feel him. But one of the things that jumps out to me is he's not, he's not having surgery to have that fixed. And I don't blame him because I may have to have this thing redone. It's 18 weeks out, and this is as high as I can lift it. I know this makes great for podcast audio, but I'm not lifting my arm he very high. He is not right lifting now. his arm very high. Uh, not so I may have to have it done again. But one of the things I was looking at Twitch is, guys, like, we can see you. Yeah, yeah. There's a, um, a study out there that was done by Dr. Cohen and Sheridan and Sakati and talked about sh- recovering on shoulder surgery. And they looked at, let's see, 28 shoulder surgeries were performed on 27 players. The majority were label repairs, which is what, uh, which is where Carpenter is. Nine players returned to their preoperative level. Two returned to a better level. Five were worse and 11 retired. Oh. So it's not the best. There's no guarantee. And even if they like get back to Pedroia, I mean... Uh, therapy for the shoulder, they don't even let you pick up a baseball for three months. I mean, wow. throwing is not even in the program until week 13. Um, so if he were to have, if he decided now, okay, I'm going to have surgery, that puts him out to the all-star break. Uh, mm-hmm. And so if he's not having surgery, I'm, I'm actually worried about this. So Car- uh, Car- No, but then also the flip side of that is that surgery is, is not great and has bad outcomes itself, right? So right. especially a labrum surgery, uh, sometimes we you know, say, why isn't this pitcher just getting the elbow done, right? Right. Uh, and, but sometimes it's it, like Tanaka has, has pitched pretty well. Yep. Uh, I think surgery, like for me, uh, having had some back issues recently, uh, surgery was always like the worst uh, back outcome. surgery. It was uh, like you just avoid it as long as possible, and you try not to have it. My aunt had one; had to get nine more. So, like for my entire going. life, I've always been like, no. never get back. Because I think a back surgery. I mean, for those who've been playing this, anybody remember Ron Wright, the prospect from the Pirates? Who? Ron Wright. He was one of the first guys I drafted in fantasy oh, baseball. I had him. He had back surgery. Never saw the major leagues. Yeah. 
They don't you don't mess with back surgery because a lot of times it ends up keep going. That's that's um, you mentioned this over a year ago now when Michael Brantley started having issues that you were concerned that he was going to continue to have issues and obviously he has. Uh, it also worries me Another about somebody now. like and um, Kershaw with his back now too. It, it 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 starts to be a concern. So you wonder um, how much that has to do with late late season. I mean, I don't think he's bad. I don't think he's a choker. But uh, he's given he, up more home runs in the postseason than he normally does. In fairness, Maybe Kershaw thinks he's a choker. Did you see oh, the quote? God, that quote was so sad. That was such a devastating so quote. I heard the whole Maybe next time I won't fail. Oh, my God. oh man. Uh, but but these guys beat themselves up. You know? Carpenter still hit 23 homers. Uh, only hit 241. What did, he, what did he show up on my thing? He showed up as a guy who hit the ball too much in the air. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so he's, he was in the Trevor Story condition. Uh, who else was? Uh, Schimpf uh, was like the poster boy. Brad Schimpf is. It will always represent it. We should call it the Schimpf Award. And, we really and should. Give it every year. To <laughs> Too the guy many with fly the balls. Highest launch angle. Even Rugnet Odor's uh, like, bro, you need to bring it <laughs> yeah. down. And, and Story himself, who's on this list, was Ryan Schimpf early, and then sort of uh, calmed down off of that. Uh, Carpenter, though, is uh, the only guy on this list. If you look at the other list, the list was um, young uh, young guys, uh, hard grounder that one. Young guys who hit the ball hard but didn't hit the ball in the air enough. There were injury guys on that list. I think Jock Peterson uh, uh, comes to mind as a guy who may have lifted the ball more in the past. Jock Peterson told me he, like every time he starts to play, he wants to hit a fly ball. So I think there were some injury concerns there with Jock Peterson. I think Matt Carpenter on the other side, you have to understand why they had a bad angle that year. And I think in some cases, uh, maybe it caused you to drop that back shoulder and uh, if it's hurting, right? And and so pops, here's pops we're not getting up. the extension you need. The yeah. thing of it is, I st- I think he's gonna Matt Carpenter's still gonna be somebody that people seek out without no if they're not really in on the shoulder because everything else was there. The walk rate was actually at eighteen percent, although still that could power. that could go to not wanting to swing as much because he was hurting. But a twenty percent strikeout rate. Uh, you look across the board; it's like his BABIP uh, was about the only thing that was missing. And you know what? I think I'm out with you on another reason. Team dynamics—they're in on Stanton. Uh, this is the one team that could really make a uh, make a real push for Stanton. And I don't know if Carpenter's going to be the centerpiece of that deal, but that means there's going to be some movement. Well, it might have something to do with his player, his position eligibility. What round and would you pay for him, for Matt Carpenter, where Jason? Where did he go? I'll, I'll, that, that's not the point. I'm just supposed to pick a round out of my butt. Yes. Okay. Um, that you would be so comfortable with. So we were talking about, what were the other corner infielders we were talking about? We were talking about the uh, Olsen. I'd take him ahead of that. The Olsen I think Bird. I'd take him ahead of that Olsen crowd. Would you take him ahead of that Olsen Bird, though? I'm too biased because of the shoulder issue. I honestly, I'm. Well, he went after. He went in the tenth round. Seems like I was gonna say. Would you rather have Olsen over Carpenter? Yes. Olsen's a a a young buck, dude. That guy's gonna hit the snot out of the ball. All right, so we're gonna gonna go Olsen, Carpenter, Bird. Sure. We're gonna rank some first. What about Carlos Santana, who went uh, a little bit later after Carpenter in that tenth round? Olsen, Santana. I mean, OBP gives him a big boost. We don't know where he's going to play. But but I might go Olsen, Santana. What about just Carpenter versus Boar? Carpenter in the 10th, Boar in the 12th. Boar. Boar in two rounds. Boar might not be in Miami. They're going to trade. They're supposed to be trading everything. No, no, I'm saying that's a positive. That park sucks. (laughs) Don't care. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, okay, Matt Carpenter. Definitely somebody that you guys are, are concerned with because of the shoulder. Yeah. Jason, or, uh, you know, the name that I took away from your presentation there, especially because of your Mets fandom, was a, a negative uh, outlook uh, on Ahmed Rosario. And obviously there's a small sample, so, you're not, you know, we're not going to nail, nail it down that you 
No, everyone's going to remember it. Well, I've, I've come out hard on this but one. But it was 170 plate appearances. If he's amazing next year, you can all yell at me. It's fine. What, what didn't you like in the 170 Everything. plate appearances? Everything. No. The good part was he played good defense, and so they need him. In the, he'll play you didn't defense. like his 2% walk rate? I mean, you know, I think the, I think actually, in this case, the raw numbers do the best. Uh, 49 strikeouts and three walks. Oh, my God. I mean, that's bad. Even Javi Baez was like, dude. Dude, yeah. take a pitch, man. <laughs> Also, but seriously, how do you... everything was on the ground. Uh, he managed to hit four home runs somehow, but that when you hit fifty-one percent on the ground, like it's it, that, that you're like, oh, you got lucky on four pitches, kind of deal. So uh, I'm seeing like like a without him kind of going slap happy and stuff. I see him being like a two fifty hitter with like ten homers and twenty five stolen bases. It'll still have a lot of value, I guess, but I think people were going to pay a lot more than that. There's still enough. To, Prospect Sheen on him, but with that ground ball rate, it's not going to be. He's not going to hit more than ten homers. I don't think. If you if you were to guess without looking, what, also weak exit velocity. What do you think Omed Rosario's chase rate was? What do you think his O swing percentage was? One hundred and twenty percent. I'd like to I'd like to put him up against Javier Baez. What, what do you think it was? O swing. Uh, forty two. Forty six. So, so O swing so percentage Javi, swung out so of the zone. Forty six. Let me sell you on a player. I've got Javier Baez without the power. Oh, I'm in. Yeah. That sounds awesome. <laughs> Let me, what can, what, what can I pay? Can I pay a single-digit round? Yeah, so just be careful with Ahmed Rosario. Obviously, prospect growth isn't linear. Uh, you know, he could take a jump. I he mean, could he, make adjustments. He, he could make me look really bad. I, I understand that. But, you know, in the minor leagues, I said this coming up, I was bigger on Ozzy Albies than I was on Ahmed Rosario. You love Ozzy Albies. Because Ozzy Albies had a better ground ball, fly ball mix in the minor leagues. It was set up for more power. And he even showed up in my in my, in my – Things saying he doesn't have plus plus exit velocity. Ozzy Alves does doesn't, but he he hits it in the right angles to make the most advantage of it. So if uh, I'm going to take the over under on home runs, Ozzy Alves. I'm going to take the over under on stolen bases, Ozzy Alves. I'm going to take the over under on batting average. on batting average, Ozzy Alves. I'm going to take the team context under. might they, they might not be too far off in terms oh, of runs scored and driven in. you. What? What? The Nets will be better. God no. I don't I don't think that's a guarantee at all. Um, Stop it! Okay, you're so making me sad. I can't. I can't <laughs> let you go off on Ozzy Albies again. Everyone knows how much you love him, but the the other guy, you you were interested in polygamy, to marry two guys, Ozzy uh, Albies and Raphael Devers. What did you see out of Devers so far this year that has you so excited for 2018? Well, uh, he, go back to that slide real quick. That'll help me out. Boss me around. I know. Sorry. Jeez. Do what I say. <laughs> And not as I do. Uh, he he hit the ball almost as hard as Reese Hoskins. Yeah. Uh, so that's a good sign. Uh, he did not hit the ball in the same angles as Reese Hoskins, and that's why he didn't have the same crazy power. Uh, and you could count that as a negative. How, however, however, Stephen A. Smith was. Um, Raphael Devers has a history of hitting more uh, fly balls in the minor leagues. So. Last year in the major leagues, he had a 36% fly ball rate um, or a 50% ground ball rate. He's had a 46% ground ball rate in high A, a 43% ground ball rate in double A. Uh, and I think he showed enough play discipline in the minors and at times in the majors where you know launch angles and exit velocity come not only from mechanics but also from play discipline. Mm-hmm. I see him bumping that walk rate to 9%. Uh, 10% and sharpening that zone and uh, having more of a one-to-one ground ball to fly ball ratio. Last year was 1.4 ground balls to fly balls. So already he showed 
really good power for a 21 year old. I mean, yeah. the dude barely drinks. How, ma- uh, so, how many homers next year for, for Devers? I mean, I think they're going to give him the full range. He hasn't really shown an injury his, so I'm going to give him 600, 650 plate appearances. I thought you were going to say 600 homers. Yes. He's going to hit. You heard it here first. Uh, 600 home runs for Rafael Devers, uh, minus uh, 570. We all, we also share a birthday, so you should b- bump him up around for that alone. Wait, you're 21. Congratulations. Wait, you're that means you're uh, no, pretty close to 22. October 24. Oh, okay. Not the, Not the year. year. Okay. I probably look younger than him, yeah. though. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, all right. So that that was. Your... I mean, I'll give him I'll give him 30 home runs, man. I think he I was could hit say 30 27. Home runs. That that yeah. that would be great. I mean, if you uh, run it all. No, but he had like a double-digit stolen the, base here one time, it, but, right? I mean, he looks chunky. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know. He's thick. He, so he, just, he just passes the thick. eye test. Really, you watch the, the yeah, quality of that bat and the quality of contact. Wait, wait, wait! I have a comp. Okay, Jose Ramirez. Yes. Oh yeah. I mean, like I body, totally kind of like chunky. Not dude. the speed though, but yeah, the yeah, f- Jose chubby Ramirez face. No, I, I totally see that. I mean, he did still eighteen in high, but you know, also high felt comfortable trading away Yohan Moncada. Exactly. Yeah. That that that's kind of an endorsement of, of Devers there, and obviously they have both guards short. Fan. Look at those strikeout rates in minor leagues. I love that. 15, but imagine 70 percent. I love that. Imagine if they at I, that age. I too. understand they yeah. had Chris, they wouldn't have Chris Sale if they had Moncada, but then they'd put him in at second for Pedroia, and that infield would just be absolutely ridiculous. All right, let's talk about a few guys who are yeah, here. Think about that when was it Brock was going to be playing Brock Holt. Yeah. yeah let's, let's talk about a few guys who are here at the Arizona Fall League. Now, I'm not going to lie. I went to two games yesterday, and I paid almost no attention to what anybody was doing. <laughs> I was going to be honest. We were, we're having I was, fun. I was we're talking, talking to everybody, people, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was saying hi. Uh, a few things did stand out, though. And, and a guy that Jason and I both kind of were like, whoa, we kept, kept noticing his at-bats was Austin Riley, a Braves prospect. Now, they got tons of great prospects, including the Uber prospect, Ronald Lacuna, who's here. We'll talk about him in a moment. But Austin Riley stood out to you, Jason. What were you seeing in his at-bats? Every time we were talking, his loud contact interrupted our Caught discussion. Caught our attention, and exactly. And that's not even, even a Even the outs, man. He was yeah, even the outs were being roped. And that's really what stood out. And uh, the person sitting behind us was talking up uh, Riley because he had watched him in college and everything. But yeah, that even the even the outs were loud. I guess the he question you turn around the and go, person what, what sitting behind us was Eric Longenhagen. You can say his name. That wasn't Eric. This wasn't Eric that made that comment. Oh, right, that's right. The other guy that's in that last. The other but, dude. But there was. I mean, the one thing is, what's his position? We we have to talk about that. Exactly. I mean, He's played third base. Yeah. But uh, there was discussion that. He could be moved off of that pretty quickly, and then but then where does he go in in their system? Oh, he could be a DHL weights nationally. Yeah, God. and that obviously again. you're not going to move Freeman off of I there. Think, you know what? They, they Adonis Garcia is not a very good player, uh, and so I could see them. Uh, I could see Riley in there next year. Uh, play him at third while he's young. You know, like maybe worry about where he goes later. Uh, you know, he's only 21 next year, and he's like back to back 20. Yeah, but the Braves seasons. have also. You know they they they're in uh, transition in the front office. Let's just say that nicely. Uh, <laughs> and so there's a lot of people uh, invested in maybe m- like bringing these guys to the big leagues and saving and their seeing jobs. what's what. And yeah. Like, you know, like maybe oh, it's wow. time to see what Austin Riley can do over Adonis. You know, we've seen what he can do. He with fi- Garcia. Uh, O'Reilly finished in double. Riley finished in Double A uh, with 48 games there, so he'll probably start. I mean, he'll start back. He was 20 at Double A, and his numbers took a big step forward in the Southern League. Yeah, after yeah. moving from 20 years old, so he's below. Is a difficult place yeah. for hitters, and that's he's 
two plus years below the league average. That's a twenty-two. Like if you send him back there and he does it again, yeah. and you still got it. I'm. Why am I so mean to Dallas Garcia? I don't know. He's it's bad. really. It's really rude. Well, he's is very he, bad. He's all right. He's bad. Did he play this no, year? No, he's not good. Did he? Did no, he even he's play old this and he's not good, so How it's not going to get better. Yeah, I and mean, if you got a lot of prospects, he's thirty-three. Yeah, and he's bad. He played fifty-two games this year. And he's bad. Why'd you get off his back though? But he's bad. What the hell did he do to you? But he's bad. He's qualified at every. Anyway, they're looking for a third baseman. Don't buy Adonis Garcia. Austin Riley definitely stood out to us. Teammate or, or, or organization mate Ronald Acuna got tons of hype this year. I mentioned earlier James Anderson took him in the eighth round of the draft uh, that we just did tonight. Eno, is he you gonna- know, I tried to pay attention in those at-bats as much as I could, and um, I don't know. I mean, we when the first time I ever came here, I saw Trout and Harper, uh, and they were tired – Oh, and Trout yet, was so obviously tired. But, and yet... He was 18. I was like... And that's... I mean, Akuna, in some... Like, he's young. Yeah. And he seemed like maybe, you know, like he'd been so aggressively pushed. He seemed like maybe he wasn't, like, super into it. I, I, think, we, I think we've seen that before. And I, you got to be Brown. careful like, not to put that on a guy going forward. But at the same time, like, you remember when Harper with, like, full eye black, like, down, dripping down passes, and he, like in the all-star game, like took out the second baseman yeah. and like, like, like people are like yelling out of the dugouts and that lady is just like, oh yay, my Seguros or whatever she does. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> I hope so. I haven't heard of her. She, I'm a little concerned. I, I, I hope, I hope she's, she's still she's here. I hope, I hope she's doing she's fantastic. <laughs> so, Oh, she's still alive. Okay, okay. Good, I'm just good. saying that, like, because uh, I do miss uh, in the park. You're the best. Uh, he's gonna be, he's gonna be 20 years old next I, year. H- how quickly can he make to the majors, in your estimation, Eno? You uh, I mean, who's their center fielder next year? Are they gonna do go with Lane Adams again? Lane's Ender Lane's a Inciarte. I like him. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, Ender Inciarte. Yeah, that guy. Uh, Adonis are Garcia they in him? center field. Are they, tra- <laughs> are they gonna train Inciarte? Didn't they pitching? sign him to a deal? They did. Yes. Yeah. So no. Well, Kemp shouldn't be an outfielder. And Kemp, yeah, no. You said he was 310 or 210 should. qualified outfielders <laughs> yeah. in defense. <laughs> brutal, brutal season. Anyway, I think they'll be, we'll find a way. It's sort of like the Cody Ballinger thing. Yeah. It's like right now you're like, oh, they've got players. Well, yeah, they do now. But then Kemp is like, you know what? I'm just going to go to Aruba and go and on, chill. on the beach. I'm going to try to date uh, Rihanna again. Y'all suck. Like, have you ever seen – I've never seen a player check out as much as Matt Kemp. Well, at least <laughs> when you saw him in San Diego, he was just like, "I'm just gonna do this," and like everything he was wears straight it on his up face. in the air, and he's just like, "I don't care. I'm going to L.A. for the weekend. Screw y'all." He wears the disdain on his it's none face. none of my business for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this so, team sucks. It's not my fault. Where, <laughs> where are you drafting Acuna in a mixed league right now? Not the eighth round. I, it's it, aggressive. James. However, no offense, James. No, but we said, <laughs> we said, we said, we like Cody Bellinger. We don't know where his job is. We think he's going to have uh, an impact this year. We don't know. We can't tell you. And then we tried to walk it back. And I like, know. Don't, don't we necessarily were, draft. Yeah, him. don't go crazy. Well, we like him, but don't. I, mean, I don't know. Man. Get taken, well, maybe. But I don't know. Andrew Gonzalez yeah, yeah, yeah. was old, but never gets hurt. Yeah, eighth round, fine. Just do it. <laughs> So it'll work out exactly like Bellinger. The Braves will be in the World Series. It's happening. (laughs) Learning from that, are are you gonna are you gonna be more aggressive on Acuna now? No, I I, I think I think I would still rather him a little later than than the ninth round, not whatever. I mean, draft and hold has like little idiosyncrasies. Yeah, for sure. You want the guy. 
it's not going to be on free agency. And, and this so. again, this room, the, the this draft room, everyone's well, aggressive. They're yes. going to be taking guys. So it's also November. So. Yeah. Yeah, we don't know anything. I mean, okay. You may want to take them now because all of a sudden over the off season they release Kemp, and then you're like, oh well, there's an opening now. We'll yeah. have we'll have more a- AFL guys to talk about after we see the Rising Stars game tomorrow. But uh, one last guy, Lourdes Gur- Guriel, uh, Yuli's brother. You said you had, you're not liking what you see out of him, you know? Uh, I mean, I watched him swing at like six balls, and he topped every motherfucker. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> When did we start saying that on the podcast? When did that? Beep. You can't bleep it after you say it. No, That's just, not how this works. Yeah, yeah, That's just, not how any of this no, no, works. Just, take my beep and just put it back and back a couple seconds. Yeah, exactly. I'm just helping out. I give you the beep sound. Oh my god. Okay, um, Bill O'Reilly, go ahead. <laughs> no, but. Uh, <laughs> I just that's like the most I, thing that's ever I, happened. He's like he just seemed like he's he swung at everything. Uh, he hit the top of everything. Uh, the one time he didn't hit the top of it, skied it out of the place. So he comes over. Uh, he comes over from Cuba. He's old. He's gonna be 24 next year. He hasn't. Uh, if his upside is Yuli, like Yuli as an upside is not amazing either. Especially personality wise. Oh hey. Hey, he's got the hair though. Mm, they do have the same hair. All right, so you're out on Guriel in Toronto. I think so. Okay. All right. Well, let's talk some draft battles. I mean, they got Bo, Bo and, you know. Bo Bichette. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Vlad uh, Guerrero Jr. I mean, they, they're going to they're gonna run laps around. Yeah, they, a crowded they've, house. Got, they've got pieces yeah. coming up. And, again, we'll talk about some of those guys uh, after we see them at Fall Stars. Let's finish with some uh, 2018 draft battles. I've noticed that we've been doing all uh, starters or hitters, so I want to start with a uh, reliever one. And mm-hmm. Jason wanted to talk about Ken Giles while we were talking about playoff guys who may have dropped their stock so that's where we'll start and i will start with you jason archie bradley versus ken giles uh I, i'm assuming that bradley's going to get that job in arizona we talked about rodney being a free agent they're not going to no reason to bring him back i think it's bradley's job who do you like there better and, and what did you see out of giles that any of it have you concerned when he was struggling in the playoffs in the postseason i mean he would say as you will about the baseball but it wasn't like he was lights out in any part of the postseason exactly. and if you think that team is going to go back and you want it right now they're 11 to 2 odds to repeat in the world Ser- the, the win the world series next year uh are you willing to go back into the postseason with ken giles as your ch- shut down closer not uh, used in game seven he was yeah he just was locked in the locker six, right it was yeah. like uh, the guy the guy from rookie of the year yes that's the movie i'm looking for uh, hello let hop here uh but that's that's the case with him and so maybe mlb trade rumors had they were speculating wade davis 460 uh to, to go there to but i have to go with bradley here because he could he should have the job mm-hmm. whereas giles as great as he was in the regular season outside of the first two weeks of april again if they're gonna they're going to go get a closer, then Giles may not have that job. I took Bradley in the ninth. Giles went in the ninth as well. He went earlier. He went uh, a handful of picks before well, Bradley. Uh, Who do you like on, better? Hold on. So when we do – So uh, I finish sentences and then you talk. Okay. Okay, that's how this is working. It's much more fun when I step up over here. See, that's if you guys true. were married, you could finish yeah. each other's sentences. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we, we, when, we, when we talk about uh, uh, in-season closer decisions – we have like a rubric, right? Yeah. So uh, one of the things that goes on there is velocity, uh, strikeout rate, um, usage you know. pattern. Ah, that's the one. So usage pattern. So when we're deciding in season, uh, who do you want? You say, uh, okay, the eighth, the guy who had the eighth is probably going to get the ninth, right? So if we care most in season about usage, then the Joe Musgrove is their closer. Most 
because okay. they kept using him in the eighth. That's a good. Are they gonna elevate? I mean, that, I understand what you're saying. No, what I'm saying is, Ken Giles has a job. Because yeah, I, we're I hoping think so too. we think that Archie Bradley will get a job, but Ken Giles has a job. I, I think Archie Bradley has a job too. I really do think both of them have a job because Giles or Bradley finished the season with. Well, no, he didn't. I guess Rodney. Did no, yeah, but, I mean, we saw we saw Giles lose his job early in 2016. Yeah, because he stumbled out of the gate, and they're like, "You're we out." We saw it on our labor. We team. We saw it hard on yeah. our labor team. <laughs> Uh, and he, he ended up with 15 saves, saves that year. Yeah, but if he stumbles out of the gate in April, which will be a third consecutive April, by the way, Correct. he uh, could lose that job again and be out of it. I, I'm sti- I mean, I, I didn't have a choice to take Giles, but I never Bradley seems like it. a high-end, uh, like, sh- not shot in the dark, but like a high-end, uh, like, gamble, non-closer probably. that I'm going to pick. But he's and going Ken to Giles is obviously like a low-end closer that I'm incumbent closer that I'm going to take. You promise? Yes. You promise? Yeah. Oh, I'm, I the, get? I'm the GM. See, who's your birthday player? See, Ken Giles is my birthday player. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have Devers. I have stupid Eric Hosmer and uh, Drake, the rapper. No, oh, that's not bad. That is pretty good. Yeah. Um, all right. I'm taking Bradley. I would take. I would have taken Bradley if Giles was there. I don't know, man. I've been burned by Giles too much, I think. I like I think Bradley. I like Bradley, but uh, I think Giles is the closer. I'm going to take him. You taking Bradley? Yes. Okay. Said it already. Move on. Starting pitcher. Jose Barrios versus Aaron Nola. Eno, we'll start with you. What are you talking about? We got an ace versus a young guy who's trying to make it happen. Whoa. So you don't like Nola. So what are you talking about? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. But uh, over Aaron after- Nola has proved his uh, ability to get called strikes. Called strikes are actually as sticky year to year as swinging strikes, which is a thing that I don't understand at all. No, I... Uh, there's, like, three people involved in a call strike, and there's, like, two people involved in the, the swing strike. The, the first big year that, that Nola had, he had this giant called strike rate, and I actually wrote up his cap in the uh, the forecaster, and I wanted to have this whole big thing about, like, these strikeouts are built off of called strikes. It's not steady. It's, it's really scary. And uh, Brent Hershey pushed back on me. And uh, he was right for the first time ever. Uh, as an editor. Oh, he laughed. And he's not no, even right, in the Matt, room to like, enjoy it. <laughs> no, but Matt Swartz, Matt Swartz did some really good research about call strikes versus versus uh, swing strikes. Found that they're virtually the same. And I, I also think that Nola brings up an interesting uh, concept of like watching these guys in the minor leagues uh, and thinking, you know, this guy has good command. Uh, these umpires suck balls. So what happens when the umpires are better? You know, I think mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, a guy like Nola all of a sudden can throw that uh, curveball that nicks the zone <laughs> at the bottom and, and gets, a, a, gets a major league umpire to, to give him a called strike. However, I, I still, like, the whiff is so compelling. The it's whiff sexy. is like... It's dominant. It's like... It's just dominant. You swung and you missed. Like, I made you miss. But I like also a called like, strike is kind of like jelly knee and the umpire might have called still it dominance, in. though. That, yeah. That's still beating... The opposition. I mean, I, I picked him, so I Yeah, okay. The I'm reason I brought it, them up, right. though, is uh, overdrafter extraordinaire James Anderson took Barrios oh, in the man, sixth round. Really? And Nola, <laughs> Nola went oh, in the fifth. Ac- I'm not going to lie, James though. James and the Acuna. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah, that, that a, that's a good point. He take, he's saying he's taking Nola after Barrios. Like a half round. Relax, uh, okay. James. <laughs> <laughs> Relax, dog. <laughs> Jason, who do you like better, Nola or Barrios? Nola. Okay. I honestly, I wrote an article about him at Roto-Wire mid-August. I said, you know, this time last year, 
We had a lot of helium into James Paxton going in the drafts. This is the guy that I think is the, he, the James ha Paxton helium balloon coming into 2018 drafts. But that has some negativity involved because you think that the injury risk is just about as real? Or? I don't no, I, just, I love James Paxton. I was uh, chasing yeah, James Paxton, Paxton everywhere, and I'll be doing the same with Nola. Then uh, I'm with you. I take Nola as well. But give me your thoughts on Barrios. What do, what do you see out of him? We saw some really strong periods from him this year, but uh, we didn't quite see, um, you know, Utter dominance. Are we going to see an up and down season? You know, prospect growth isn't linear. What do you, what do you guys see out of Barrios for 2018? And with the youth, it's going to still be a little bit of a roller coaster. There are times when he can look downright dominant and nobody's touching him. And then there's that start. You're looking at a DFS going, going to take Barrios today and he can't make it out of the fourth inning. Uh, against like some garbage team. Just terrible. Here's, a, here's a thought I haven't uh, figured out yet. And I'm going to throw it out there because, hey, it's a podcast. Um, his when I see his uh, breaking ball, Briosis? I like is it slurpy? Like yeah, there's very, something yes, about slurpy. the tilt of it that really like like think about the bat path of like you, bats like they don't normally do this right? They normally this is very good radio. This is uh, tremendous but, for everyone who's not but, here or on Twitch. This is great. But but you know he's making a motion with his hands where he's putting them both together, moving them back and forth, showing nothing. Continue. But if, if you look at <laughs> uh, the visual set. This is a brilliant visual. No, but if you look, if you look at, uh, at, at at batters like heat path, at, at swing maps and heat pat like heat maps, there's often like a crescent moon, right? Okay. That and the crescent moon represents uh, like almost a physical uh, moon that you would create with your bat. So you you have like a, a certain moon that you create with the mechanics of your swing, and uh, and most of the time it's it's at an angle. Like I think one of the best places that you get is that sort of. It's it's middle middle, but it's it's not middle middle up because then you're like flattening that bat out. It's that middle middle. You get extension, and when you see his curveball, Barrios's curveball is like, it like oh it's beautiful, it's beautiful, and then it just like follows that swing plane. Yeah, and so it you're follows that about swing plane hit. and just like lands right where they want to smack it. I kind of go the other way. I actually saw a little bit of. Um, or no, of uh, Jose Fernandez's yeah. he's breaking ball when he's on. Yeah. But that's the thing. He, he start to start, Barrios can go from, uh, you know, I can't think of somebody right now with like a trash breaking ball, but from Fernandez to like yeah. Jared Weaver. Trash and, breaking ball, Oda Rizzi. <laughs> no. So, and, and that's the problem. And one thing that really stands out. But usually trash to breaking me, balls don't go 82. So, I mean, 81, that's, that's a good velocity for, for a curveball. But what really stands out to me, a 9% swinging strike rate for Barrios. I really don't like that. That's weird, too, because it's dominance. way lower than what he did in the minors and yeah, the high minors. I would have thought there would have been a lot more dominance. So, yeah, I'm with you guys taking Nola. But, I uh, mean, he's not going to, he's definitely not going to augment it with called strikes. I mean, that's not no, his game. No. And because so, he doesn't have great command. Anyway. I would rather he right now had a 12% swinging strike rate than I'd be like, oh, you know what? He's going to Carlos Carrasco his way to success. He's just going to throw everything super hard down the middle and it's going to go in different directions and that's going to be amazing. But I don't think he necessarily has that stuff. I mean, look at it just as, as his fastball velocity, it's nice. Uh, it's not, not, not 69 like miles an hour or anything, but uh, uh, 93 is nice, but it's not. Carlos Carrasco has. Not great command, but uh, great stuff. 95, 96. 93 so, feels like league average these days. I mean, it, it is. is. For it relievers, actually, it is. For it starters, is it's a little bit above. But for a right-handed starter, it's not that much above that we think. So now you've got a guy who has a pretty good breaking ball, but maybe there's an asterisk on it. It's not getting a lot of strike. Uh, it's not getting a lot of swings and swing strikes. James, so. what, did, what did you think about him? What, what what made you think? I mean, I'm not I'm not even, I'm joking. I mean, sometimes you, it looks amazing. I, I, I love Barrios. Like, what? what I, I think 
aptitude for sequencing. Okay. Um, Closing on that. James then took Chase Anderson in the seventh round, a pick I actually uh, love. Would you take Barrios or Chase Anderson if given the option? That's close. They're kind of opposite in a way to me. That's what makes it an interesting topic. (laughs) So here's here's an interesting thing. I know a guy who uh, works with – Chase Anderson quite a bit from watching him here. What's that? I like Chase Anderson quite a bit from watching him here when he pitched here, and his changeup was like the best pitch. His changeup is really good. It's, it's really a really good, good pitch. I, I know a guy worked with him and said, you know, hey, you should throw the cutter more, um, and, and, and throw the changeup more, and uh, to get whiffs. So in, in like in like uh, those aggressive hitter counts, like two strike counts, you should throw that uh, changeup more, and you should throw the cutter more. And that's been a big part of why he suppressed home runs this year. Yes. Uh, 13% usage on the cutter for Chase Anderson, up from 6% last year. We should also not uh, devalue the fact that he put two ticks on Exactly. Somehow. Yeah, it goes from 91 Swing to 93. Swing strike rate went up from 8 to 10%. Yeah, he, he looked fantastic. Brilliant piece on, on Fangraphs written by uh, I'm reading Paul that right Spore. now. Yeah. Man, that guy. Yeah. Oof. He should put pictures on his article because that guy idiot. is hot. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, here, here's where I believe. Here's what I believe. Look at his career number: 560 innings pitch, 387 ERA, 128 WHIP, uh, 1.22 home runs per nine, uh, like a league average strikeout rate. Like good. Yeah, really solid. But I'm I'm buying good. But would you buy him over Barrios at the at pretty much the same cost? It was like not that many. I have enough of a bias towards stuff that I'm going to take Barrios. Okay. Like Jason? I think he's I'm going think the other way. I'm going to take Anderson. Going Chase. You think the Sort of polished veteran that's figured something out. Yeah, I like him. All right. I mean, it's it's a difficult decision for me, but uh, it's such a pop up year for Anderson too. I mean, there was really these four ERA years, like a lot of consecutive four it was ERA. Based on homers, mostly, yeah, it was though, too. One point three, one point one, one point seven. Well, I mean, we know the reality of home runs, so like that's I think the, the reality part. of home runs are going to creep back into the Chase Anderson. Well, situation. and he's played in Arizona and Milwaukee, the two places that you don't want to have a home run issue. So yeah. it is a little concerning. But I, mean, I think the Brewers would be happy with three eight seven and one two eight. I will say though, I like. If, if you don't like the Barrios pick as much, I like balancing it out with Anderson. Yeah, isn't uh, interesting. So that, Did you get both? Yeah, that's oh, what I'm saying. It was his next pick. A, I kind of like that combo. So, I mean, right. one's like, like, uh, like, it's like a high ceiling, high floor. Like, it's like, you know, the upside play versus the, the Yeah, floor the floor play. versus upside, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I like, I like combining uh, floor and upside like that. It's almost like you build a team of players. And you oh, yeah. try to have complimentary some, some are good and yeah, yeah. some are bad. Exactly. You put the pieces together. Oh, yeah. All right, let's Back finish with, with two babies. Back we talked about uh, Acuna, and now I want to put him up against Victor Robles, uh, who I think will be going in drafts even without a job. Both, both of them will, will get picked later in drafts, not in the eighth round. Um, in all mixed leagues, Jason, who would you take first, Victor Robles from Washington or Ronald Acuna from uh, Arizona? Acuna because he's got a clear path to playing time. When you look at Robles, you've got Adam Eaton coming back. You've yep. still got Bryce Harper. And you've got Michael Taylor. You've nice. got Taylor. You've got to try to find. Robles is the break glass in case of emergency, I think. That's really what it comes down to. If it were equal playing time? <laughs> I'm not sure, though. Any chance they would trade Taylor? Let's say let's say they're both going to get playing time this year. Let's say they're both uh, they've got starting slots, and that's how you're acting. I, I think I might take Acuna. A I don't know. Like Robles, like strikes me as a guy who might hit like be like fifteen, fifteen, like oh, really? 280, 15, 15. That's not so hot. I mean, has he shown us? He's shown us one year with a plus power rate. Otherwise, and then those and those stolen bases. It's like oh, look, he's. 
done a lot of stolen oh, bases. They, However, stolen he's done base. it. He's done it in a ball where some exactly. guys steal sixty bases this just because they want to. They want to steal sixty. This bases. is totally a stolen base rate where you're like, oh, he's gonna give me double digits. Then he comes up to the majors and goes eight for fifteen. Yeah, and, or, and you're like, where? where I, are I don't the think we bases? know exactly how many. St- I think he'll steal some bases, but I don't think he'll be. Like Albies versus him in stolen bases, I'll take Albies. Albies versus uh, half Acu- second uh, versus Robles. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, Acuna versus Robles, I'll take Robles in stolen bases, but I'll take Acuna in power. In, and who in do you take in batting else. average? Kind of a toss-up. I guess I'd take Acuna. Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, compare compare both of these guys to some some kind of like bland guys that are getting taken later, like a Cole Calhoun. <laughs> Or a, uh, a Jacoby Ellsbury, R- Randall Grichuk, Stephen Piscotty, you take them over those those sort of uh, bland veterans late in a mixed draft, or do you go with the solid but unspectacular? Wait, I let me just say I love Chrysalis, and we've. I don't mean to rag on him a second time, but he's like ruined. No, I, I said something positive. About I know. Him. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, let me say I something negative. Then, though, let's balance the force. Oh, despite his suckers, that's really he, nice. Come up oh, that's with a great, great yeah, that's a yeah, good, yeah. really nice way to be positive about no, Chris really No, uh, the other way that Chris Liss is amazing uh, is that he's ruined fantasy baseball because he always goes and buys in AL Labor for like $8. He buys Yuan Mankata. He buys. He does the same he, thing in tout. He, does, he, he goes and buys the, the Akuna for 10 bucks, and you're like, Damn you! Because yeah, you want. I want him, him for like two, yeah, or like I want him in my reserve rounds. You little. Uh, and he, and he overrates but, Byron Buxton forever until it finally. But hits. you know, in some ways, especially in the only <laughs> leagues, when you're in like a Yahoo like twelve team, fifteen team league, don't do that because there's so many players that are going to be good, and don't do that. Well, that's what but I'm talking. He, he's playing a lot of like onlys. Yeah. Where um, it's go big or go home in some in, on some level, it's like. In order for you to win the only, like so many things have to happen, and I could see that buying like an eight dollar uh, Victor Robles or or an eight dollar Acuna might be that that last little thing that goes right, you know where right. and 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 a lot of these rules are like you can reserve a guy if he goes to the minors, but you can't otherwise. It's like a labor thing. Yeah. So you buy these guys who are like going to be your midseason call-ups. You buy, but you only do that with the top three. And I wouldn't even do it with the pitchers. Like, you do it with the top three hitters. Just the hitters? And you pay – I would rather pay five than eight, and you and you have a solid team otherwise, and then you're just like – you got that NL team, and you're like, everything is good, and I've got Robles sitting there, and I'm just waiting. Like, you're like staring you darts patient, at Adam Eaton, and you're too. like, oh, That's Adam Eaton, don't you just want to fall down and hurt yourself? You Come on. Be, if you're going to do that, you have to be patient because uh, I see people take a guy like that and then cut him in April. And I know sometimes circumstances – Make you do that, but if you're going to take a guy who you know is not going to start the season, he's a twenty something. Yeah, the whole on your bench is long. 2015, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Francisco Lindor, cut yeah. him two yeah. weeks into the season. <laughs> you you got to hang on for at least a few months. All right, that's going to wrap up the draft battles. Uh, I want to see if there's any questions from the audience here. Obviously, you can just shout it out, and I'll repeat it. Does anybody have any questions? Raise your hand. Doug, I'm looking at you. I think you got a question. I knew it. See. Doug Nola, Nola spots it. No, exactly. So to me, Nola's command cool. is Barrios' future of energy plays, but he also has the stuff. But are you willing to pay for that development time? Nola has it right now. So yeah, right redraft now, versus keeper. I think you need the development for Barrios to come this year, but that, that's what he's betting on, too, in, in, in James's defense. Yeah, I don't think the question, I just started 
No, it wasn't. It was just a discussion. <laughs> Does anybody have any questions? In case you couldn't hear him, Doug said that uh, Berrios's uh, two seam movement was similar to Aranola's in a way. Uh, but but Barrios Nola can't can spot it, it, and Berrios can't necessarily. Derek yeah. Cardi, the sexiest man here, besides hey, me. Do not feel bad about what you said. Oh. I'll tell you why. <laughs> I wasn't scared, Wait, baby. Uh, why were you such a scared baby, uh, Paul Swore? I just wanted to say that. That was funny. <laughs> uh, and why didn't you take uh, uh, Otani in the 15th round? I was a scared baby because I saw some news today about how until they get the new posting system in order, he can't come over. Okay, Derek. That's why I was a scared <laughs> also, baby. Also, I mean, to be fair, Otani's like leaving like $100 million on the that, table the when thing, he does if the, this. If the system isn't you know, doesn't get him enough money. I, I, I know he still wants to come over as soon as possible, but yeah, I literally saw that um, right before our draft started, that they're, they're trying to work out the new posting system. By the way, in case you didn't hear, Derek Hardy called me a scared baby for not taking <laughs> You Shelly took Yuli and Austin Barnes right before Otani went. Otani went in the 14th round. I took an amazing Austin Barnes and a racist Yuli Gurriel. <laughs> I did, drafting him does not advocate his behavior. <laughs> I understand. If Otani comes no, over... I'm, I'm legitimately surprised. I'm legitimately surprised that he lasted that long. And guess who he went to? The overdrafter extraordinaire gets a discount. James Anderson. Uh, so, Man, no, it, like if everything drapes right, he's going to win, and the, he's going to bring that all back on you. The craziest thing was was that be somebody, I would say around, around six or seven, asked about his eligibility. And uh, I think, wow, and he lasted another night. Yeah, Matt Modica was like, he's going to be a pitcher only. Like, it was announced in the room. So the uh, name was kind of out there in the ether. Yeah. And he pitcher still only. lasted. Oh, that, that'd be insane. I, I don't know how, that, how that's going to work. And uh, obviously, right now, we don't, we don't get pitcher stats. Um, you know, do you make an exception? Do you make them two separate players where somebody can draft the hitting? Somebody yeah, can and, and if you the make them two separate players, does he, does he take up two roster spots? Yes, that's why it would be two separate players. Well, what kind of question is that? No, but My I God. just mean like that, that means that you've like, used up two rosters. Of spots. course, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I'm, I'm but didn't you draft him twice? Yeah, you would if you wanted the hitting and the pitching. <laughs> CBS, uh, James Anderson says CBS can do a hitter. How and a weird pitcher. would that be like in a head-to-head matchup and it's like, oh, Tony hit a homer. Oh, Tony gave it'd a be homer. Like the, <laughs> it'd be like MLB stacking. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Anybody else have any questions? <laughs> Jeff Zimmerman. What are you talking about? I'm this is why I talk so over him. What in the universe are you talking about? Terrible question. Next. <laughs> uh, for, the, for the record, Jeff asked, uh, why do you talk so much? Because people want to hear what I, I have just, to I say. Just to, I just want to put that honest. on the record. You're the hostess with the mostest? You're damn right. It's my Twitch stream as well. People want to hear me. No, I talk so much because if we just let Eno go, he's had like five beers. Do you understand how long this podcast would be? He said six Red Bulls. I'm trying to protect. I'm trying to protect y'all from a nine-hour podcast. It's the Red Bulls, here. not the beers, dude. Any other questions? So Eno, you have no. You didn't raise your hand. Scout Kimball Crossley now talking. Yeah, I mean we have. Uh, we, we only have, like, so the question is, like, I guess sort of uh, aging, launch angle, and exit velocity. We don't have, we don't know how that ages. We don't know how young players uh, adjust that. 
there's a couple different ways they can adjust it, either tighten up their plate discipline or change the mechanics. Uh, it's a good point. We only have three years of, of launch angle exit velocity. However, I have noticed uh, we can do at least the three years of year-to-year -year stickiness. Uh, exit velocity is very sticky year-to-year. -year. So um, it's only uh, it was. Uh, I don't even know if it was 50 balls in play for Rosario. So I'm going on a little, little, little bit, and I may may lose this one. Right. But uh, it was so bad. It was really like seven miles an hour below average in terms of exit velocity. Uh, and I don't like in terms of exit velocity. I don't know what the adjustment is for hitting it harder. I think that's almost like spin rate. It's almost innate. It's like one of those things that's very hard to change. There's not a lot of guys who have upped their exit velocity. There's almost nobody. There's guys who have used their exit velocity better or worse. Right. Uh, there are guys who've changed their launch angle to fit their exit velocity patterns better. But uh, there's not a lot of guys other than getting healthy that have changed their exit velocity. You know, when Derek and I talked about this at launch, launch angle, Logan Morrison tried to change his in 2016. If you remember his six for 60 start, he gave it up, and then he went back to it this year, and you see everything that happened. So sometimes they can get off this Ahmed Rosario start, and maybe it changes for him Corey like it did for Morrison. Did you have a question? Hey, Corey. A.K.A. Clay Link. <laughs> I actually have two, but the first one's really quick. Um, Eno, any other players reach out recently? Or? Eno, any other players reach oh, out? He's referencing Yonder Alonso. Yeah, Yonder Alonso reached out. Um, Andrew Haney pulled me aside and asked me what spin rate was and how he can improve. Uh, on he that, uh, and use that, use that to, uh, yeah, I mean, he's on the angels, dude. <laughs> uh, not allowed to know. <laughs> You're not allowed to know these things. Um, Sick bird. Uh, I was about to say this can't leave the room and I'm like, yeah, it's on Twitch uh, and on the podcast. <laughs> so that's not good. Don't say that. Though. I have a pitcher who has texted me about other pitchers on his team, uh, and has, I've helped them, I think improve. Uh, based on what I texted him about his fellow pitchers. Diamondbacks! What was your second question? One guy I was ready to just write off completely because of the track record was Jose Martinez, but he's like a sweet stack guy. Darwin. Yeah, he showed up in my Justin Turner search as a guy who hits the ball hard but doesn't lift it great. Jose Martinez from the Cardinals. Yes, Clay's asking about Jose Martinez. And Luke Voigt right there, too. I mean... It really points to Matt Carpenter being traded, I feel like. But then there's this complication of his health. So uh, the, the, the thing is, Luke Voigt hits uh, the ball 90-plus miles an hour, almost like Brees Hoskins. He doesn't quite lift it, but when he does lift it, hits it very hard. And then Jose Martinez hits the ball hard, but not necessarily up in the air. Um, and then you've got the incumbent, Matt Carpenter. I don't know what's going to happen there, but I actually think that Voigt or uh, Martinez are going to be in a trade uh, leaving – uh, St. Louis and will be automatically interesting on the low dollar level in only leagues. Um, depending on where they show up, like if they have ended up in Colorado or something, there's an opening there at first. Uh, there's certain places they could end up where I'd be more excited than that. But as like a reserve dollar, five, like maybe even two, three dollars if they were the starter, I'd, I'd push it a little bit. It's um, a little bit like that Yandy Diaz situation where you're like hoping for an adjustment, but. Uh, I bought Justin Smoke for a dollar, you know, thinking he was kind of adjusting away. I wanted Yonder Alonso. The dude had called me <laughs> in the off season, and then somebody went to three, and I just, you know, you got to have your price, man. I was like, nah. you know, I told him what to do. I don't know if he's going to do it. He had to save that money for <laughs> Jarrell Cotton. Shut up. <laughs> Anybody else? Shut up. 
Any other questions? So mean. We did get a question from the <laughs> Twitch chat from Jersey Network. Uh, yes, if Clint Frazier can win the Rookie of the Year, but <laughs> Clint Frazier's not a rookie anymore, you idiot. But what are your so thoughts? Nice to your Twitch followers. Uh, I can be mean to Jersey. Oh, they're used to it. Uh, <laughs> what, do you, what do you guys think of Clint Frazier next year? Uh, do you guys you guys remember that interview we did? Sure do. Yes, sure do. What was the quote? I'm gonna let it eat. I'm gonna let it eat. We asked we asked Clint Frazier about his strikeouts at AFL. Was it two years ago? And uh, yeah. he's like, you know what? I'm gonna go up there. I'm just gonna let it eat. Let it he eat. does and not suffer from a confidence problem. He swung over five straight breaking balls, and we're like, oh, it didn't eat tonight. More like a diet. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, we saw I, some we saw some things from some excitement here and there. But uh, 142 plate appearances of an 82 WRC plus, four homers, one stolen base, 30% strikeout rate, letting it eat. Uh, gonna be 23 next year. What do you think? I, I I saw him again in the. Um, in the, uh, the Rising <laughs> Stars, the fall, the 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 uh, uh, the future All Star game, the Future, future Star game, stars. the Paul Star game, and I said, okay, oh. now I've seen you at the AFL All Star game, I've seen you at the Future Stars game, next uh, next I'll see you at the All Star game, uh, and he said, hell yeah, bro, hell yeah, bro. Uh, so this is a guy who does not suffer from a lack of confidence. Not at all. Uh, we're talking about uh, alpha male type. Uh, I just. I, and he's very aggressive, and he's he's athletic. And Where's this walk rate come play, from? Uh, Is that teams pitching around him in the minors, I, but then challenging him in the majors? Because yeah, he got a lot of double-digit walk rates. Clint Frazier has in the minors, and then five percent in the majors. My guess I, is I put him. I, I think almost it's not necessarily a comp in terms of like body and swing and stuff, but like Mankata. Like I, I feel like they both have uh, very low floors. They might be bust. This is the kind of player that busts a lot. Bad play discipline, but power. And but they, can they really tap into the power? The Brandon Woods situation. And he's a you ginger. Know. You got to factor that in. Uh, Brandon was Brandon Woods. No, no, no. No, no. Uh, okay. The soulless outfielder. Uh, don't say that. I have a ginger child. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> explains a lot. <laughs> explains a lot. Uh, Felix, I want to buy these guys um, uh, like as as a cheap level, but. They often go. I don't. I don't own them. I don't own guys like this. I don't own Moncada. I don't own Frazier because I, I have one share, you know, bequeathed like to me. Like a dynasty league. Yeah, a dynasty situation. But like, do I pay? Do I pay for them when they have hype and everyone's excited and they have like a forty percent strikeout rate? This might be it. the last year to get Frazier cheap though, before any hype builds. Yeah, up. because the playing time is crowded exactly. at the moment. So what, what, but what, it was crowded for Aaron Judge four days before the season started, and then all of a sudden. But you still have Hicks, Gardner. I'm not saying he's going to have 52 home runs. I'm just saying. Do you think the Yankees are just going to swallow the pill on Ellsbury and try to get him out of there somehow? That bad. Getting a lot of maybe yes. that. Could they maybe move Gardner, who actually had the pretty decent season? I, I know they wouldn't. One get, of them's got to go. I know they wouldn't get it. So they've got Ellsbury through like I mean, 2020. You can't, you can't have two black holes in one outfield. Yeah, but could you imagine a Judge Hicks Frazier outfield defensively would be pretty nice? Yeah. And then it would hit pretty well too. Uh, one more question from the chat: Higher upside, Jason Carlos Rodon or Denelson Lamette? Man, I love Nelson Lamette. Me too. I really do. Are we starting to get worried about I Carlos take, Rodon's injuries? I would take Rodon's third pitch over uh, Nelson Lamette. So. That's fair. But what about the health track record and the first two pitches? Yeah. Well, no, I think the first two pitches are actually. You think it's equal on the fastball <laughs> I mean, slider? Come on, Carlos Rodon has a great fastball and a great the slider's slider. amazing. Yeah, I agree with that. So I, I, maybe you take Lamette's fastball a little bit ahead, but Rodon has like Matt, okay it's a, fastball. I think it's an easy call for eighteen. Because Rodon's gonna miss two months of the season yeah. at a minimum. Okay. Yeah. But keeper, I'm I'm yeah. gonna take Rodon over Lamette. I, I just Lamette. 
the, he doesn't trust. You know what? He, you know what I heard from the the beat guys. Uh, he throws a cutter, a curve, and a slider. Can you tell? No, not at all. And the one thing about Lamette that happened all year was he would either strike out the side or give up two doubles and a homer. Like, there was nothing in between. This guy would, was getting just blasted. I I mean, actually, so what are you hoping he's Chris Archer? Oof. Oh, at the at the peak. So a four ERA guy. I guess. I mean, I, I guess I can't quit. We'll talk more about that guy. We'll talk about more that shortly. I yeah, I can't quit. I can't quit Rodon. So I'm there as well. Any other questions from the crowd? I think we're gonna wrap it up. You know, say it. Thanks for listening. <laughs>